0: Everyone to episode one of the Speak Up by Avalon Bay Podcast. This is a real talk about real issues that matter. In today's episode, we will be hearing from Kathy White and Kathy Romeo Nunez as they explore the topic of working as a female in a non-traditional role.
1: All right. Well, welcome to the very first Women's Leadership Network podcast interview. Uh, I am Kathy White, Vice President, Associate General Counsel, and I'm very excited to be asked to do this. I'm particularly excited to be asked to interview our guest today, who is Kathy Romeo Nunez. She is a Portfolio Maintenance Director in the Mid-Atlantic And Kathy is an inaugural member of the Women's Leadership Network and has been a very active participant, a big supporter of the network, and a source of inspiration for a number of the group's activities. So I'm very excited to talk to her. I also know that she's been inspirational to a number of women um, in their careers here and is committed to supporting women in their careers here at Avalon Bay. So welcome, Kathy. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. So since this is our first podcast, we really don't have a format. We just wanted to talk with you and share things that might be of interest to people throughout the organization, not just women. Um, But we'll start with a little bit of an icebreaker. So why don't you tell us what your go-to order is at your
0: favorite hometown restaurant? So I was born and raised in uh, Times Square, New York City, and it's not a particular location, but... Generally speaking, whenever I go back home, I have to stop at a bodega, which is a convenience store. There's a lot of them on every block, and get a bacon, egg, and cheese. That's really uh, the thing you have to do when you go and visit New York City. There's pizza and other things, Mm -hmm. but uh, bacon, egg, and cheese at your local bodega is my favorite thing.
1: Yeah, so two things about that. One, I did not know that people lived in Times Square, (laughs) so I'm totally not a New Yorker. And two, for me, a bacon, egg, and cheese is something you get at, at Dunkin' Donuts, which is not oh, that no. great. So clearly, I'm going to have to go to New York and try that. Yeah. Um, so as I said before, you are a portfolio maintenance director. Yes. There are not a ton of women on the maintenance side at Avalon Bay. Can you talk a little bit about how you came
0: to that job and how you came to Avalon Bay? Yep. Yeah, so uh, about five years ago now, uh, my anniversary is coming up, uh, I was approached by Matt Ulrich, Uh, a fellow PMD at the time, and he uh, reached out, we worked together at Target, and I was actually his trainer at Target for a while, and then we became peers, and we worked together there for a while. Uh, He reached out and was like, you know, Kathy, you should look at Avalon Bay, it's a really good opportunity. Um, They do things that you're very comfortable doing, it's a great, you know, experience piece because of property management, which has not been something in my portfolio, and uh, he encouraged me, and you know, after a few conversations, I said, "All right, I'll, I'll, I'm pretty good at going with the flow and exploring options when they come along and, and that's what I did. I, I came out to uh, Virginia and had about two days of interviews and was offered the position by William. So that's great. And what about the maintenance side of things what What
1: path led you to what what is in many ways a non-traditional career for a
0: woman? be involved yeah.
1: in, in maintenance.
0: So growing up in Times Square, New York City, my mom and dad were superintendents. Uh, they were the supers for four buildings in Midtown Manhattan. We actually called it Hell's Kitchen. It's still Hell's Kitchen today. That's what we call it. And um, I worked really closely with my dad. You know, I was one of four children. I was the oldest, only girl. And, um, you know, growing up in that environment, uh, I was actually determined not to to necessarily be in maintenance, to do something else, they weren't very encouraging. I actually went to Fordham University, majored in sociology, uh, went to uh, apply to law school, got accepted. But somehow, um, when I started working at investment banking as an office manager, uh, my my role developed over the years because there was a lot of build-outs and construction projects and project Mm -hmm. management, which essentially became facilities management. And that was the beginning of about 18 years now in facilities management. So that's awesome. I I did what I was thinking I should do to, you know, maybe do something different and not be in maintenance or I never thought that I'd end up back here, but it's, you know, came full circle.
1: That's great. We are lucky to have (laughs) you.
0: Um,
1: What, you know, in order to get to the place that you're at now, there probably were, you've described some of them already, a lot of forks in the road, a lot of paths not taken, things that you had to give up? Are there things that you had to give up to get where you are now or trade-offs that you had to make that, you know, you would
0: do again or you wouldn't do again? Oh, I would definitely, I wouldn't change a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, What was a big uh, change for us, and I say us because without my husband, it wouldn't have been possible, but um, throughout my career, he's been very supportive. I have two boys and uh, when my career has taken these paths, he has become the stay-at-home dad. And when we decided to relocate to Virginia, that was a pretty amazing point in my career, uh, to do something different at an elevated level. And uh, yeah, so we relocated to Virginia from New York City after living in New York for my whole life. Right. Um, so that that was an amazing change. So that's awesome. Yeah. So those two boys,
1: <clears throat> what career advice do you give to them? I'm probably, you're not giving them specifically (laughs) career advice now, but advice that you're giving them that you hope that they'll use as they figure out what their career is going to be. They, they sort of navigate
0: their entry into adult society and the workforce. I, I encourage them to dream bigger. So I'm one of my sons came to me and was like, I want to be like you mom and, and be a director. I was like, aim higher, like just, just, Think as big as you can and and go for that. And I think that makes a difference. And then not trying to um, coerce them to take a different direction. One of my sons wants to be an artist and he wants to paint the Eiffel Tower. Uh, Go for it. You know, if you want to do that, then I'm not going to say you can't. That's great. And my other son wants to be engineering. Oh, that's two very different boys. Two very different children, which is awesome. Yeah, so dream big and just go for it.
1: That's great. Um, So just taking a step back and going, because this is the Women's Leadership Network podcast and focusing a little bit on women's issues, have you ever encountered any obstacles being the only woman in the room or maybe the only woman in your position?
0: Yes. I have quite a few examples. But what happens in those situations are when I'm the only woman in the room, assumptions are made. You know, I don't necessarily know, you know, everything I should know about maintenance, for example, or, um, my, uh, experience level is different for some reason, not necessarily fair assumptions. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've learned to do is I think it, it, there was a point in time where I would feel like I was the uncomfortable one, but I think what I've realized is that they tend to be uncomfortable because I'm someone different in the room. So what I've learned to do is, um, just you know, ask a lot of questions, make connections, um, be aware of maybe what some of those assumptions could be. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think over time with some experience and maturity and um, confidence in my yeah. career, that has become a little easier for me to navigate. And it still happens. It'll happen with a vendor that'll walk into a property and assume that I'm a portfolio operations director versus a maintenance director. And right. they can be very surprised that that I'm not an operations director because the assumption would be that I wouldn't be in maintenance because I'm a female, but I I still encounter them, but I navigate them differently because of all my experiences.
1: This podcast is brought to you by the Avalon Bay Women's Leadership Network, bringing female leaders together to share experiences and ideas around business topics, take advantage of learning opportunities and build relationships with colleagues. You mentioned confidence and I am particularly interested in the interrelationship between confidence and success. And mm. the the Women's Leadership Network has had some speakers and we've read some books about you know, the confidence code and the fact that confidence is very important. How, how do you develop that confidence? Do you believe it is something that is just innate and you're naturally confident person? Or is it a combination of you know your natural abilities, and somehow do you develop that
0: competence throughout your career? I would say it's developed. Um, I would say over my course of my career, uh, I have a board of directors, if you will. I have individuals that I can reach out to for different things, for guidance, for feedback. Early in my career, when I worked in investment banking, I didn't have a lot of mechanical experience. But there's this gentleman; uh, he's a technician, and I could call him today and ask him a question about a mechanical system, and he'll support me because he understood at the time that I was learning. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay to let people know you don't know all the answers. Yeah, I think that becomes an obstacle within itself. So if you're open about what you know and what you don't know and you ask questions and you have these people that will rally around you and support you, uh, that makes all the difference and that builds confidence, which also builds courage and the courage to continue to ask questions. Um, it, today, I mean, I have a number of peers that I, I turn to uh, for guidance, You know, whether it be Stephanie, my partner, Kim Goodwin when I first got here. Um, there's a few people in my world that I will continue to leverage um, that have known me over the course of many years. So your board of directors is really important. That's great. And I love the way you
1: describe that as a board of directors because I'm thinking, do I have that? And I I do. I haven't kind of knit them all together into a board. I I have individual people, but I love that and I'm I'm stealing it. (laughs) (laughs) um, So another question that I was thinking about as we were preparing for this is, what do you think is... Unique about you? What is your unique skill set or superpower that has allowed you to achieve in your career? So
0: I have been told, and um, I, I hear this actually often. Is that I read people really well, and I'm very aware of nonverbals. So if I'm in a situation where I, I see someone, you know, reacting in a certain way, I'm usually one of the first to pick up on it and to be aware of it, and maybe even react to it. Maybe talk to that person um, or help alleviate whatever the concern may be in that moment, or to help in some way, shape, or form. So I would say it's almost like reading minds, but not really. Yeah. Um, but just being able to um, assess how someone might be feeling in a moment, um, I think has helped me a long, a long way. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In the management side and Absolutely. in the negotiating Absolutely. Your, your day-to-day obligations. Yes. Yeah. So um, here's a question that was asked of me, and my answer was sunscreen. So maybe you will give a a better answer than that. But what advice would you give to your 25-year-old self? If you're looking back, you're saying, okay, Kathy, at 25 years old, I see your future. Here's my advice to you.
0: Well, I would say there's two things that I would say. Uh, Pause. It's very hard to pause sometimes, especially when I was 25 in New York City. There's that. You know, you just drive, you just keep going. Um, And sometimes there is value in silence and there's value in stepping back Um, and maybe not responding to an email you feel really passionately about and give it a couple of hours. Um, Sometimes the benefits are better when you just take a minute to pause. And then I would say being someone who's typically the only female in the room, um, when there is another female in the room, perhaps bring that person along with you so it doesn't feel so awkward in that moment. It can be very um, discouraging sometimes or uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we do that enough. And I think we should do better with that.
1: I think so. that's absolutely right. Supporting each other. Absolutely. And bringing each other up. That's great. So what book or movie have you
0: read lately that you would, uh, you would discuss with other people or you would share with other people? So for Christmas, my husband gifted me uh, Becoming. Becoming by Michelle Obama, and I fell in love with the book, and I've been gifting it to quite a few people in my world. Uh, What I loved about it are some of the messages uh, around, um, she talks about happiness being her currency, Um, and her first paragraph in the book is around, you know with children, they tend to be asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And even in that question, we're almost forcing them to make a decision, which is not necessarily fair. So in many ways, whether it be professional or personal, those are great reminders for me, and in my decision-making day to day, it was uh, very eye-opening to read her story. And as a little girl in Chicago, I think I could relate as a little girl in New York City. And, and that went a long way with me. So I, I've been sharing that quite a bit. Yeah, that's great.
1: That's great. And then um, what are you looking forward to? I'm not going to say most, but what is one thing that you're looking forward to over the next year or even the next two years um, in terms of Avalon Bay and where you see it headed?
0: Oh, I would love to see more female PMDs. I think there's two of us. Mm-hmm. There needs to be more of that. Um, the growth, the, the projects, there's a lot going on, and I think it's all yeah. very exciting. I love being able to share what I do, because not everybody really understands what I do until I sit down and explain what my day-to-day looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think if we have opportunities to do more of that, we can definitely um, elevate uh, the talent pool and maybe recruit very differently. So I think we have a lot of opportunity to do that with everything that's going on in our company today. It's just beginning, in my opinion. That's great.
1: Yeah. I agree. Well, on that note, I think we should um, wrap it up. But I really want to thank you, Kathy, for coming and sharing your story and for being the first person to participate. And I, I also really want to thank you. I started by saying that you've been a great participant and advocate of the Women's Leadership Network, but but I really mean that. and thank you. Um, I thank you for it, and I thank you for your time today. Well, I was excited
0: that it was you that I was <laughs> getting to, so thank you. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on Episode 1 of the Speak Up by Avalon Bay podcast. We hope this helps empower you to speak up, too. If you have comments you would like to share or topics that you would like to suggest, You can send them to us at our email, speakuppodcast at avalonbay.com.